Encouraging Others Through Christ, podcast episode number 127. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Encouraging Others Through Christ. My friends, I am here this week to bring to you a recorded teaching by my good friend David H. Foster on being free to think as a Christian. That's right, my friends. I could tell you just go on over to davidfoster.tv. Look up uh, Renegade's Guide to God and go and listen to episode number 51. And if you do that, you'll see an episode. It's titled Breaking Your Brain Out of Jesus Jail. And uh, I can tell you right now, if I were to convince you that you should do that, approximately 50 to 65 of you would actually follow through with those uh those that with that instruction that you would actually go do it you would know that cliff is is like wow this is something you have to hear and you would go and do it Six, 50 to 65 of you however there are hundreds of people who are listening to this particular episode and if i were to play it for you and actually you know edit down just the parts that i think you need to hear the most and put that 22 minutes of of content right here in this episode, I know you would all listen to it. And so that, my friends, is what I'm doing. Let me tell you why I think this is important, because I I just listened to this the other day. David Foster, as you guys know, uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know that, that he and I are very good friends. And I was listening to this the other day, and it really got me thinking, if you will, about how I feel about some of the big goals and the big dreams that I have, the big uh, ideas that I have for my business, uh, for for helping people, my 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 big, just gigantic, out of this world kind of goals. And if you were to look at my goals, I wonder how many of you would be judgmental of my goals because I'll tell you, I struggled writing many of them down. Uh, one of them, by the way, one of my goals is to become a millionaire by the end of 2015. That, that, that shouldn't be so difficult for me to write, but it is because it, it challenges what my thinking or my mindset has been around this thing called money. You know, these resources that God provides us to do the things that God calls us to do. And I believe that I've been called to live a life that is bigger than what I ever dreamt possible before. That I feel that as I move forward in my journey, God is causing me to think creatively outside of the box to try new things, to try bigger things that that will effectively make a bigger impact and in, in, in really touch the lives of lots of people in a positive way. And it's not that I'm doing this for my own glory, but I, I mean, it's just I feel like I'm being called. I, I've been given this opportunity, a mission, a purpose, and a dream, and, and these goals, and that God's going to use me in some amazing ways. And and I'm like, wow, that that 
that just seems so self-serving. You know, you can't be thinking like that. Okay, how about this one? How It took me, I don't know how, I think it took me about two years to read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I am not kidding you. And, and I will tell you a lot of the reason why it took me so long. Now, I, I will. Well, OK, let me finish a thought and then I'll give you another thought. One of the reasons it took me so long to go through that book is because I was trying to soak in as much truth as I could out of it. And my um, discerning spirit, uh, my way of thinking Uh, especially a lot of the training that I had was like, whoa, red flag, warning signs, warning, danger, close the book. This could completely undermine the way you think about or the way you've been taught to think about money and and uh, the subconscious mind and auto suggestion and and all of this other stuff that seems so new agey. And everybody's told you not to think those things because, you know, this idea of thinking and becoming rich and you name it and you claim it and blah, 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 and this and that. And this is dangerous, deceptive thinking that is only going to lead you down the wrong path. Stay clear of it and only listen to me. And who is me? Well, it's me is the religious leaders of the day. Only think the way that we teach you to think about money. Only think about the things that we put into your mind. And you know what? I'm done with that. I'm done with that kind of thinking. And, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I mean, I knew I was done with it because, well, let's just say that God has redeemed my mind. And that's exactly what God had been laying on my heart, that it's okay to, to seek truth through non-Christian authors, Christian authors who attribute things to these things called the ethos of the inner universe and the universal consciousness. Just because they use those terms doesn't mean that you have to completely uh, say, you know what, anything and everything this person says has to be so wrong because they don't attribute everything to God. All right. So therefore, you shouldn't be reading that stuff. And I know nobody, nobody's really told me I shouldn't read Napoleon Hill's Think and Go Rich, Grow Rich. But I want to tell you, there's something deep inside of the wiring of my mind that told me I really shouldn't be reading this book. And it wasn't the spirit that God gave me. I will tell you that I know for a fact it was not the spirit of God telling me not to read that book, but it was the training and and a lot of the manipulative, uh, controlling thinking that I've been programmed with over the last 20 years of my Christian experience. So with that in mind, I want to bring to you this right here, this teaching from my good friend, David H. Foster. You can find this and so much more great content from my friend over at davidfoster.tv. So without any further ado, I want to just bring to you this 22, 22 and a half minutes of amazing teaching. And I and I pray that it helps you as much it is, as it has really honestly helped me. So here you go. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about breaking your brain out of Jesus jail. And the point is this, is an awful lot of people think that if you are a Christian, you think like every other Christian thinks. That Christians are uh, guilty of groupthink. That being Christian is about conforming to the way you are told 
by pastors and other religious type people to think. Now, I am a pastor. Let me give a disclaimer here. I have been a professional Christian all my life. I confess my sin. <laughs> oh, me. But, you know, my job is not to to get you to think like me. My job is to help set you free so you can think like you. How's that? God gave you a brain. What a great gift. We talk about all the great gifts God gives us, but one of the greatest gifts, he gave us a brain. He gave us a soul. Uh, He made us uh, to think, to process, to respond, to be creative. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, or 2.18, for who has known the mind of the Lord that you may instruct him? Well, of course, no one. But Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. As a Christian, I am in relationship with God. I am in relationship with Jesus. I am now living my life out of the core of that relationship. Emanating out of that, Jesus said it this way in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me, for in me you will bear much fruit. He said, it's to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, mega fruit, lots of fruit, to be what we would in term successful. He says, but for without me, you can do nothing. When I come to Jesus, when I am converted in my heart and soul, when the heart is changed, everything changes and nothing changes until it does. That's why an awful lot of people, I think, are calling themselves Christians and they and, and really the truth is they know about Jesus. They know the facts about Jesus. They know the concepts of Jesus. They've gone to church, but they've never had a true liberating experience with Jesus where Jesus not only uh, saved their soul, but he, he broke their brain out of jail. But I think there is an idea or a concern that, uh, or, or, or concept that, or an assumption may be better, that all Christians think alike. We kind of, it's kind of like a, our brains are bound that we can't think outside the box, that there are certain boundaries, that uh, we are limited to certain things, that we can't uh, celebrate truth, search for truth, have a passion for truth. Wherever we find it, we have to reject it. We can only, there are, there are uh, segments of Christianity in America that basically says unless you are a Christian, uh, then we can't read your books. We can't profit from anything you have to say. And so we reject you. And the truth is, you know, all truth is God's truth wherever you find it. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if, if this is a beautiful painting, it doesn't matter who painted it, right? I don't know about you when I go and if, if I have a heart surgery, man, you know, I want the very best heart surgeon available to me. Now, would it be great if he were a Christian and understood his role, yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, I, you know, God can, God does and can bless people, even those people who refuse to acknowledge Him. He's not limited. So, the idea here today is to really help you understand that God wants you as a believer to think. 
He wants you to think your own thoughts. He wants your brain out of jail. He doesn't want, Jesus isn't trying to put your brain in jail, put you in a straitjacket and say this, you know, you, you can, you know, live for me a very limited life, go to church, listen to everything you hear and believe everything you're told and get in lockstep and conform. And if you don't conform, we're going to beat you to death until you do. Or we're going to make life so miserable that you just stay home and never uh, attend any church, be a part of any community, make any contribution. You'll be so bored and burnt out by the church and so angry at God that you will just get in this rut, a mindset of being bitter, cynical, sour, sad, and dried up. That's not what God wants and not what God wants for you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to think your own thoughts. What he wants to do is this, is take your brain and transform it. In Romans 12, it says this, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, don't be fit into that mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the constant renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, not just his will, but his good will, not just his authentic aletheia will, but his pleasing will, not just his good and pleasing, but his perfect will. So we think our way forward, right? We we break our brains out of the bondage that they get put in. And I'm telling you that an awful lot of people who call themselves Christians who are living a muted life, who are living a small life because somewhere down the line, they their brains have been, have been uh, limited. They put in some kind of jail that they feel like they just can't, you know, go beyond a certain boundary. They can't accomplish, they can't achieve. And let me just mention what some of these jails uh, is in the, in the battle for your mind. There's the, the jail of old assumptions, right? Uh, I come, I am a, I'm a Christian and I go to a small little church and, you know, we're just average ordinary sinners and we live little bitty lives and we do, you know, we go to work and we do what we're told. We accept our pay and we trade hours for dollars and you know, we, we die and hopefully we'll have enough money to bury us. And that's, you know, this is how I was, this is how my mother was. This is how my father was. This is how I am. Right. Old assumptions. You're just assuming that what has always been will always be without recognizing that the heart of Christianity is the fact that you're changed and that you have a new future. The old you doesn't have to be the future you. Amen. I mean, this is good stuff. Not only the, 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 the enemy or the bondage of old assumption, but the demons of past regrets. You know, this is what I've, I've done. I've failed. I've, you know, this is what I was and this is what I am. And yet in Christ, it says we're a new creation that old things have passed away and all things are in the process of becoming new. This is a journey. You're growing, you're morphing into a new kind of person. You are now God is forming inside of you Christ likeness and the life that you are living, the Christian life, you know, there's a big difference between Christian life and Christian lifestyle. The Christian lifestyle is different just about everywhere you go. There are certain churches that for, the, for the, in the Christian, the acceptable Christian lifestyle uh, is to not go to movies, not smoke, not chew, not run with the women who do. You can't go to certain movies. You can't wear certain clothes. You can't vote a certain way. You can't associate with certain people. You couldn't read certain books. Uh, and so you, again, your mind is kind of locked down in these, in this old assumption, these old ways of thinking. 
a lot of Christian thinking, you know, when it comes to regrets and life change, is that Christianity is about behavior modification. Don't think, just do. Don't think about your being. Don't think about your identity. Don't acknowledge the fact that your identity determines your behavior more than any other equation in your life. Just behave this way. Christians behave this way. Christians, you know, uh, don't drink. They don't smoke. Again, it's the old thing. It's the old behavior modification. It's reform and be like us. I've even heard pastors, uh, even seen pastors or, uh, that I was around say, you know what, if people come to my church three times, I'm assuming they want to be like us. And boy, what a stupid assumption. <laughs> you know, they don't want to be like you. And, and that's not the goal. That's not the calling. That's not the mandate. The mandate is to know Christ. Jesus said in, in John 8 that if you know my teachings and follow me and, and know me, then the truth will set you, the truth of me and the truth of who I am and what I do will set you free. That doesn't mean be free to drift, free to just kind of be you know, blowing in the wind, but free to get your brain out of Jesus jail, right? There's the prison of inherited prejudices. How many uh, people have used race prejudice and uh, put a Jesus you know, uh, tag on it and made it sound spiritual? Uh, the Bible somehow teaches that uh, a white man is more valuable than a black man or a black man is more valuable than a yellow man or a red man or, or whatever. Uh, we, in, we inherit those prejudices and that's a prison. If your brain is locked into that, that all Democrats are bad because this is what you've been told or all rock stars are bad or, or all people who live in, uh, California are bad or whatever, you know, there's the prejudices. That's a prison of the brain, a prison of the mind. Uh, there's also the prison that our, that our brain gets in, uh, by other people's agenda, you know, we live in a world where we're constantly running up against advertisements and, and people calling for attention. You know, I've, I've read different accounts on how many ads we see. I mean, I read one the other day says we see 4,000 uh, images a day. I, I, maybe we do. Boy, that seems really high. Do this and do that. Adopt this agenda. Buy this solution. And all of a sudden, they enter our brain through our emotions, right? You know, you want to lose weight, and here is our... Uh, surefire money back solution. You knew that you do know that money back is a gimmick, right? Uh, they know statistically that almost nobody ever asks for their money back, even if they hate the product. Uh, so we have advertisers agenda. We, there's an academic bias that can leave your brain locked up in somebody else's, uh, assumptions. There is an, there is a bias, uh, that anyone who is a Christian, uh, can't be an intellectual. As a matter of fact, Paul and I, on our 25th anniversary, was given a trip to London, and one night we went on our first uh, Sunday night in London. We attended a church uh, right down from Buckingham Palace, and the pastor got up, and his subject for the night was, can you be a Christian in an intellectual? And, of course, his assumption was, well, yes, but not not really. <laughs> This will really be hard, and uh, I was just shocked by you know because this pastor had grown. I mean, this church had gotten his uh, its uh, reputation, its worldwide reputation, by really academic pastors, pastors who had written books and and, and given lectures, and and had been known as intellectuals. And I thought, Isn't it? wow, how far the you know, we've fallen. Um, but and then there are people who are non-Christians who, who can be in academic environments uh, that look down their nose at Christians because they think that somehow we, again, have checked our brain. 
Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Christianity is not any an emotional attachment to a religious idea. Christianity is true. It is real. And it in the experience of faith in Jesus Christ radically changes everything about you. It redeems your brain. It, it allows it gives you the ability to think to to think big things, to think, you know, in ways that uh, are are more like what God had in mind when he created you. Anything less than that, religion wants to bring your brain into bondage. I'm sorry, it does. In your bondage to behavior modification, you got to be loyal to this denomination, to this church, and there's nothing wrong with that if there are reasons. If there are real reasons that that honor Christ and honor God and, and help people and love and lift and redeem and do all of those things that uh, God has a mind to do, but to be loyal to something just simply because that's what you are expected to do is insanity. I don't care who you are. So remember this, Jesus saved your brain and he saved it so you can use it. And there is a big world out there with huge amount of problems that need to be solved and they can be solved at the same level. Einstein said the future problems can't be uh, solved at the same level of thinking that created them. Amen, brother. We we need big thinkers, think, people who can engage truth and can, and can love science and love beauty and love art, and and but who are but who believe that their minds have been supercharged and freed uh, by Christ in order to think these big ideas and big thoughts and come up with this beautiful solutions, redemptive solutions that the world needs so badly. The world needs you to be a thinker. To think God's thoughts, to think big thoughts. I love what you know, uh, uh, Solomon the cynic, right? Uh, that's almost who we can call him. And he says in Ecclesiastes two, a man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without God, who can eat and find enjoyment? Absolutely. To the man who pleases God. God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Now think of that. To the man who pleases God, wisdom, that's knowledge with experience. That's an understanding. That's, that's a guy who's been down or a gal who's been down the road and has taken truth you know, for a spin and through the real everyday work-a-day life has found that this stuff works. You know, one of the, I had to tell you, I, I, you know, I knew this, but boy, you know, now that I have been been following Jesus for my entire adult life, man, I've got history, and man, I'm thankful that God, you know, gave me a brain to think and dream and aspire and to hope and to be a bigger person than I could ever have been on my own. God wants to save all of you, your brain, your body, your heart, your soul, set you free to live the big life for which you were created. Don't listen to the religious people who try to say, you know what, your brain has to come. You can only think certain thoughts. You can only think like we do. The bondage of the brain for religious purposes is no better than the bondage of the brain for pagan purposes or for debauchery, for any other thing, really. I mean, it isn't. It's just, it just in some ways is more acceptable. There's a bondage of, you know, paralyzing doubt. 
Satan, I do believe, attacks the mind. You know, in this New Testament, you know, James said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's a bondage of ignorance. There's the bondage of the mind of past betrayal. It's not just, that's just not just an emotional bondage. You think that because you are betrayed, everyone everywhere is out to get you. It's a way of thinking. There's the bondage of unfinished business, of bad experiences, of the bondage of suspicion, the bondage of jealousy. You see, your mind is in bondage by not only your fears and doubts, but by your limiting beliefs about life. Trust me, Jesus wants you to live a big life. He wants you to have the mind of Christ. He wants your brain constantly renewing. In other words, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. See, as a Christian, I am a creative thinker armed with God's truth and wisdom, free to dream and drive, able to try and trust. Let me say that one more time. As a follower of Jesus, my brain isn't in anybody's denominational jail cell. You can't pigeonhole me. And the more I try to love Jesus and serve Jesus and follow Jesus and experience Jesus, and I do, the more in love with him I become. Jesus doesn't get boring. Church gets boring. Hello? Religious people get boring. Hello? Trying to live up to someone else's artificial expectation for you gets really boring. Hello? Trying to live someone else's life gets boring. But to be a free thinker. Oh, my God, did I say that? A free thinker. Yeah. To think God's thoughts. To think God's thoughts. I mean, little peon me has this amazing brain, this gift from God, and so do you. And in that brain, you can think huge thoughts. You can contemplate, you know, things that are big and things that are noble and things that are true, right? Isn't isn't that what the New Testament says? You know, if anything but true and noble and good and inspiring, think on those things. If you want to think about what it means to think Christianly, I can tell you there are three themes that, that, that fit into that that you will never, ever regret. They go right into what it means to think Christianly. One, you think redemptively. You have, that's the filter through which you put, is, is am I involved in something that is redemptive? Is my job redemptive? Is my, is my passion, my goal, am I, as an entrepreneur, am I going out to try to be a redemptive force in the world? Uh, a redemptive force in marriage, a redemptive force in the workplace, a redemptive, a redemptive force in people who've lost their lives into addictions or to other other places. If you are, if you think redemptive, think you're going to be thinking God's thoughts. If you think reconciliation, how does my life and what I can think, what I can write, what I can create, make me? more a reconciling force in a world at odds. I mean, think about it. To be able to think redemptively, to be able to think reconciliation. How do I bring people together? And then thirdly, how to think restoration. How do I, how do I restore life on the planet to God's original intention? Okay, if you're going to do that, tell me, tell me you don't have to think. You have to think. What is God's original attention? 
go back to the garden, that we would have fellowship with him, that we would have harmony and peace, that we would glorify him, that we would worship him, that we would find joy in his creation, that we would find freedom under his lordship. I mean, on and on and on and on I can go, right? I can preach you a sermon on that one. (laughs) So again, let me say one more time. My brain is not in jail. If you are a Christian, you are a free thinker. Your brain has been redeemed. It is in the process of getting bigger and better and more attuned. Instead of getting older and guilty of stinking thinking, the teaching of Scripture is the older you get, the bigger thinker you should become. How's that one? Because all of a sudden now you gain something that younger people, though they may be super intelligent, don't have. That's wisdom. I truly believe you can be young and smart, but you can't be young and wise. You know why? Because it takes time. It takes experience. It takes living this stuff. If you are a follower of Jesus, you're a creative thinker, man. You are creative. You are creative because you are created, right? You're creating the image of God. I mean, we're taught that God created us in his own image. God is a thinker. And I get to think redemptively every day. What am I going to do with my life? I'm going to live it redemptively. I get to think reconciliation. What am I going to do with my life? I'm going to reconcile things that are at odds with one another. What am I going to do with my life? I'm going to think restoration. How do I bring beauty out of brokenness? How do I take ugly things and transform them with God's power into beautiful things, into noble things, into righteous things? Oh, man, this is good stuff. I'm sorry. I can't believe it's come to an end. You get my point. Anybody who ever puts your brain in jail in Jesus' name, I give you permission. I give you the key. Unlock it. Submit your brain, your heart, your soul, every ounce of who your being is to Jesus Christ. Stand in him. Understand that in Christ you have a standing with God. You have a calling from God. You have a ministry from God. And you have a mandate. Boy, this is good stuff, man. I'm ready to go and live that. Be free, my friend. Be a creative thinker, armed with God's truth and wisdom. Free to dream a big, big dream and drive the drive inside of your soul to make it happen with his help and able to trust God for big things and every day get up, suit up, show up and do the next right thing. And do the next right thing, my friends, that is is exactly what I feel God is calling me to do. To do the next right things, to suit up and show up. I'm ready. Big dreams, big things happening in 2012 and beyond. And I want to just say, my mind, my thoughts have been redeemed. I'm thinking clearly, I'm thinking creatively, and I'm thinking bigger things than I ever thought I could possibly think ever. It's amazing what God has been doing in my heart, in my mind, and in my life, and my experiences. And my friends, I pray that you will allow God to free your mind as well. You know what? I, I'm so excited about next episode. I believe my good friend Wayne Jacobson is going to come back and we're going to be talking about money and God taking care of us. Until then, my friends, I encourage you to join the community.